As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, before we take you on today's tour, we wanted to share a quick promo for another podcast you might like that we've been enjoying. Are you a little more than curious about things that go bump in the night? If so, then Dead Curious is the podcast for you. From folklore to serial killers, the supernatural to true crime, each week strange sisters Roxanne and Jessica share creepy stories, bizarre theories, and admit to being a little dead curious. So make sure to check out Dead Curious wherever you get your podcasts. They're sisters from South Africa, and every week they bring you creepy stories, and they're really hilarious. I love listening to them. Go ahead and check them out. Now let's go on with today's tour. Down this road is a small city once thriving and full of life, but now desolate and abandoned. Well, abandoned save for the horrors rumored to reside within, which I presume is why you're here. Now there's nothing wrong with a little morbid curiosity, but please, remember to stay close to your guides. We wouldn't want anyone to get left behind now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Nopeville, the city filled with all the terrifying and scary things that make you say nope. Nope. We're your tour guides. I'm Jen. I'm Christine. And today, make sure you check your tickets because we are taking you to go visit a couple supernatural beings. Who are you bringing us to today? I'm taking you to see a lovely woman by the name of Kuchisake Ona. And I will be taking you to see the Preta. Ooh. Very fun. Yeah. So, why don't we uh, come on over here and walk over to where we can find the Kuchisake Onna? Oh, boy. So, the Kuchisake Onna is a Japanese urban legend and is said to be the vengeful spirit of a woman who was mutilated and died as a result of a violent attack. Oh, wow. Does that happen often? 
I mean, a vengeful spirit is somebody who died from a violent death and they come back and seek vengeance. So that's true. But I'm I'm very explicitly picturing the beautiful woman behind you smiling at me. Yeah, she's behind uh, a safety glass, so you guys are all right. But yeah, don't, don't worry. We'll she's keep still you behind safe. me. <laughs> yeah, just uh, stay close to us, though. Everything's fine. Stick to your guides. <laughs> <laughs> so. As you can see, she's tall with long black hair and is often seen wearing a mask or something covering her face like a fan or a handkerchief. Okay. She sneaks up on people walking alone in the dark and asks them, Watashikire, which okay. translates to, am I pretty? Oh, oh my. If you answer no, oh, she'll kill you immediately with a sharp weapon she's carrying, usually either a knife or a long pair of scissors. Why would you just be like, nah? People are bold. I guess if just, you didn't know. Yeah. And if you answer yes, she'll remove her mask and reveal a bloodied gash across her mouth that extends from ear to ear. Ugh. She then asks, Kore demo, which roughly means even like this. Oh, God. And then you yep. have to be like, yes, yes. <laughs> if you say no or scream in terror, then she kills you instantly. Oh, right. Either by decapitating you or cutting you in half. Ugh. If you answer yes, after she reveals her face, some lore says she'll leave you alone, but then kill you at night while you're sleeping. What the fuck? What a bitch. I know. Or she'll take the scissors or the knife that she's carrying and cut you across the face in the same fashion as hers. Oh, what a bitch. So you can wear the same scars as she does. Oh, be like, well, if you think I'm pretty, I'll make you pretty too. Exactly. So either way, if you encounter her, you're fucked. So you may as well just say no and get it over with. There's no right answer to her question. Well, I get, yeah. The answer yep. is no. Mm-hmm. She'll die. She'll kill you quickly, at least. Yeah. You don't right? have to go home and wonder <laughs> if she's coming. Yeah. Just get it over with. So if you break down her name, the Kuchi Sake Onna, Kuchi means mouth. Sake means like to cut, split, or tear. Okay. And then Onna means woman. So pretty straightforward. Slit mouth woman. <laughs> Slit mouth woman, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's multiple origins for the Kuchisake Onna, one legend states she was the wife or concubine for a samurai during the Edo period between the 17th and 19th century in Japan. Mm-hmm. And she was a very pretty and very self-absorbed woman who mm. caught the attention of many suitors. Mm-hmm. And her husband was jealous and accused her of being unfaithful or that he actually caught her having an affair. Ah. And in a fit of rage, he took a large pair of scissors and slit her mouth saying, who will think you're pretty now? Yeah. There was another story that I read with this origin that says, deeply regretting his actions, he then stabbed himself to death. All right. Well, at least he understood that he was a dick. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but also, <laughs> like, she wasn't too much of a oh, good person fair. either. So also around this time period, it was also thought that perhaps the appearance of the Kuchisake Ona was actually the work of a kitsune, okay. which in Japanese folklore is a fox being that is capable of shape-shifting into human form and will utilize its abilities to trick people. Oh, I've seen that in, like, a webtoon that I read called Ghost Wife. And oh, one yeah? Of the, one of the creatures was a kitsune. Mm-hmm. If they were a silver fox, they were still kind of pure. Mm-hmm. But the red foxes, they had been misled or just badly treated by a man. Oh. And they became vengeful. They would harm people. Yeah, a lot of people would blame the kitsune for being tricksters. So, right. yeah, just, so they could become yeah. whatever you thought was your vision of beauty yeah. is what they would look like. 
Yeah, and then they would turn themselves into the Kutsisake Ona and then just, like, fucking scare people. <laughs> yeah. Another origin for her states that she might have been mutilated by another woman who was jealous of her beauty. I can also see that. Or that her disfiguration was a result of a botched plastic surgery procedure or, like, a dental or a medical procedure or something. Ugh. That's yeah. badly botched. Yeah. I found a, a variation in that there were once three sisters, and the Kutsusake Ona being the youngest of the three. Her two sisters got plastic surgery, and she also wanted to get plastic surgery as well. However, when she got hers, it ended in failure and left her disfigured. Aww. It said that the doctor who performed the surgery wore a shit ton of pomade in his hair, <laughs> which caused her to have a distaste for anyone wearing pomade. Oh, I was like, because that's relevant, but all right, it's relevant. I guess it is. In regards to the three sisters lore, another story stated that one of the sisters underwent surgery, which didn't go well, mm -hmm. leaving the sister with her mouth torn. Right. The second sister died in a tragic accident that left her with the same wound. Okay. And the third sister cut her own mouth open after going crazy after seeing what happened to her other two sisters. Oof. In that same vein, it's also said that perhaps the Kutsesake Ona was an escaped mental patient who slit her own mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I mean, it's it's definitely not outside of the realm of possibility. A more modern version of the story states that she was just a crazy woman who used to chase around and terrify local children. <laughs> After the parents started to complain, she was chased by police. And when she tried to escape, she ran into oncoming traffic where she died instantly. Right. And her body was left disfigured with facial lacerations that resembled a jagged, bloody smile. Uh, so she's like the yeah. female Joker. Yeah. Actually, there's some things that I read that would compare the Joker to the Kuchisake Ona. Do you want to know how I got these scars? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> that question death. also ends in death. <laughs> death. So regardless, she stalks the streets specifically tormenting elementary school children to relieve her pent-up rage for whatever caused her to have a permanently scarred mouth and whatever caused her to die this violent death. But like... Why the kids? Yeah. That's just mean. And no matter what the origin, the encounter remains the same. She asks you, am I pretty? And no matter what the answer is, it results in death. Right. It's just prolonged or immediate. Yeah. So she can hide in plain sight because, like I said before, aside from her disfigurement, <laughs> she's right. said to look like an attractive Japanese woman simply wearing a mask, which isn't uncommon in Japan. People wear masks to protect others from their own sickness or to protect themselves from the smog. Right. So it's pretty common that, you know, people will just be wearing a surgical mask or some sort of mask. So, yeah, so it's easy to just, like, slip through everybody. Yeah. And then she's also said to just be wearing a plain trench coat, either brown or red, depending where you heard the story from. And she just walks around and stalks her potential victims. Elementary school kids. Elementary school children. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so... The rumor of the Kuchisake Ona really ramped up in spreading throughout Japan in early 1979. It was written about in local and national newspapers and magazines about a woman who stalked elementary school children at night and killed them. Oh. A possible reason why this legend might have spread so virally was because at this time, a lot of children were being sent to night cram schools throughout the country. Uh, and a cram school is just like extra schooling that affluent families would send their children to in order to further their future success. I was wondering why elementary school kids were out at night. Yeah. 
because they would be going to these cram schools. Right. And these schools brought together children from different prefectures. So with them exchanging the stories to each other while they're at this cram school, they can then go back to their own school the next day and spread the rumor even further. Exactly. So also in regards to cram schools, since they were at night, children were often scared because Mm -hmm. one, (laughs) they were usually in an area they didn't usually live in. Mm -hmm. so it was just unfamiliar territory so that gave them anxiety right and then since it was at night they started to see many men and women that they wouldn't see in their normal daily life their Mm. normal daily naive lives (laughs) (laughs) so they would witness the nightlife of japan firsthand so you'd have like women going to the club you'd have like drunk salary men like people that they wouldn't normally see because they'd be at home usually at this time so that anxiety just heightened and the mm-hmm. children were just scared all around, and it would just increase their belief in the Kuchisake Ona that, like, all this weird stuff is happening. What's to say that she's not just right around the corner? Right, that she's not real. Like, I've never seen any of this before, so, you know, just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not real. Adding to the origin story rumors, less wealthy families who couldn't afford to send their children to cram schools would tell their kids they couldn't go out at night because of the Kuchisake Ona. Okay. So they were lying to their kids why they can't go to these cram schools, not saying right. that we don't have the money to send you, but you have to beware of the Sakeona. Of the violent woman. Yeah. Or it was said that these families might have been jealous of the richer families, so they started the rumor so that no kids could go out at night. Okay. So, like, if my kid can't go to cram school, your kid can't either. <laughs> yeah. Because of this dangerous woman. Like, I don't want your kid to get more ahead in life than mine. Exactly. So it brought terror to the country to the point that police patrol increased and Mm. teachers would escort children home in groups after school in addition to them not being able to leave the house at night. Right. So around this time, it was reported that a 25-year-old woman dressed up like the Kutsesake Ona and walked around with a knife as a joke to scare people. Why? That's not even funny. Why do people have these jokes that are not funny that are just evil that's pure it's not even just mean that's pure evil it is she was eventually arrested under the swords and firearms control law without anyone actually being hurt because she was just wielding this knife that's good (laughs) by the summer months of 1979 the rumors of the kuchisake ona started to disappear with children not being in school to spread them and obviously this was a time where there wasn't internet and social media right so if you weren't talking to your friend it wouldn't spread yeah. So it wasn't until the 90s and early 2000s that she popped back up and the botched plastic surgery rumor started to circulate. Okay. It was stated in multiple sources. I couldn't find like the real story, okay. but supposedly police did find a coroner's report of a woman who was chasing children around in the ni- late 1970s and died by being hit by a car, which led to her injuries of be- ha- her- having her mouth split open. So supposedly in 2007, they actually found the coroner's report of the woman who died in the car accident. Right. So one of the stories is true, for sure. Supposedly, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, in in the sense that they allegedly found a coroner's report that supported it. Exactly. In 2004, the legend actually spread to Korea, where it was said a woman wearing a red mask would run around and terrify children. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Despite the scary outcome of your encounter with the Kuchisake Ona, there are apparently ways to escape her. So it doesn't always lead in death. Okay. These ways are really funny. Okay. They don't, they don't make sense. But it's just funny. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> One way is when she asks you, am I pretty? 
you answer by saying, eh, so-so. Or okay. you're right. You're, you're right. Like, you're average looking. You're good. Right. And apparently, or you can ask her, am I pretty? I was thinking that when you started the <laughs> sentence. I was, like, asking her yeah. back and be like, well, yeah. hold on. Am I, though? Yeah. That's so funny. apparently these questions are like saying you I is like it'll yeah. confuse her enough that you can escape. Yeah, she's like, I don't what does that she's like mean? Wait, does that mean what? yes or no? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and she's also said to have either a love or hate for hard candies, depending on which prefecture you heard the origin from. So you're either fucked or you're not. Well, so here's the thing with the hard candies. If you throw hard candies at her and she loves them. She'll scramble to the ground to try to pick them up because she yeah. just is like loves these things. If she hates them, she'll flinch, and that'll give you enough time to run away. Oh, okay. So you're not fucked either. Way. You're, you're just, not fucked. So a lot okay. of kids actually started carrying hard candies in their backpacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever catch a kid running around with hard candies, that might be why. That might be why. Yeah. And in regards to the botched plastic surgery origin story, her hate for the doctor who wore too much pomade in his in his hair. Just don't wear pomade. If no, if you carry around pomade with you, okay, or you wear it, or you throw it at her, or you put it on your hand and show it to her, she's said to run away from her from view because she just hates it so much. Oh, that's weird. You'd think she'd, she'd like go into a murder. You think she'd rage. hate you more, right? Yeah. yeah, but no, she just hates it so much that she'll just run away from you. I was picturing something more like taking the jar of pomade and just like putting it down somewhere, and then she'll go sniff it and you go walk away. Yeah, maybe. But- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just leave a little scent trap you're like no here sniff that i'll be back later <laughs> other random ways you can escape her is by saying either niniku niniku which is garlic okay. over and over again or you can insult her and say hage hage which is baldy baldy <laughs> fuck and why she'll run away i don't know so, so there's no explanation as to why these work but they were just common things that came up in my research I mean, the hard candy, there is sort of an explanation for why it would work because there's yeah. the flinch and she'll, you know, she won't see you run. Yeah. Or, you know, she just gets so distracted. But like, and I can kind of understand that you, I just like, <laughs> I don't, I, I can see yeah. her like sitting there trying to process what that's supposed to mean. And then you just kind of like slip away into the night. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But the, I don't uh, know. The, the garlic and one. the baldy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. One podcast I listened to called Uncanny Japan. The host, Teresa Matsura, said when she asked her brother-in-law what version of the story he heard, he said she was supposedly afraid of the color yellow. What the fuck? (laughs) So he would carry around a yellow backpack that he filled with rocks in order to use as a weapon if he ever came across her. Why does he just wear a yellow backpack filled with all the books and shit he would have anyway? I mean, you're a kid. Unless he's adding rocks to add that weight that maybe isn't there. In that same episode, this this one was... This was the funniest one. Right. You're going to okay. laugh. So in one story from the Fuku- from Fukuoka, they said that she loves the game Space Invaders <laughs> and that if you have a hundred yen coin, you throw it at her and she will immediately take it and go to the arcade to go play the game. <laughs> well, first of all, why can't you just hand it to her? Why do you have to throw everything at her? I mean, I guess... <laughs> You're afraid she's going to slash your wrist yeah, open or something. I but. Touch her. but yeah, so you can escape when she goes to play in the arcade. She's like, hey, I like this game. It's fun. She'll be like, oh, kids spend a lot of time in here. What's this place about? Yeah. Oh, what is that? Yeah. That looks So fun. another source said that she hates dogs. So if you write <laughs> oh. the word dog on your hand what and show f- her, 
Or if you tell her, hey, there's a dog coming, she'll turn around to look <laughs> and then you can run away. Why are you just the word, though? I don't I mean, know. Like, I guess if your phobia is deep enough. Yeah. It's also stated that if you have the blood type O, she won't attack you. So I'd be fucked. I so actually have zero clue what my blood type is. I'm sure I've discovered it somewhere in my life, but hopefully I don't it's O, so she won't attack you. But I'm A, so I doubt it. <laughs> well, O is the most common one. Oh, I guess that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kushisake Ona is deeply rooted in Japanese folklore and urban legends, so it's no surprise that you can find her in almost any type of media. From movies, books, TV, manga, etc. All these right. things. So there was actually like a 2007 movie called Carved, The Slit Mouth Woman. Okay. So I watched this movie and it involved an extremely abusive mother okay. who was seemingly possessed or diseased by something and ended up killing two out of three of her children. Wow. Okay. It, it's very violent towards children in this movie. I mean, yeah. it sounds like this being is very violent towards children in general. Yeah. Yeah. So the third child, the one that was still alive, actually right. attacked and killed her with a knife, which before she died, he slashed at her with a knife, giving her uh. the slit mouth. And the vengeful spirit of his mother resurfaced decades later after a huge earthquake and started kidnapping and killing children. Okay. So you see you see him as a little kid, and then he grows up, and he's like in his 20s or 30s. That, yeah. So, um, yeah, so she resurfaces after a huge earthquake. And in the movie, the curse of the Kuchisake Ona, it seemed more like a curse, um, seemed to be spread from one mother to another. Okay. Some of which were shown to be abusive to their children. Uh-huh. So there were four mothers aside from Kuchisake Ona that uh-huh. were shown. Two of them were abusive. And then two of them were like relatively benign. And I don't know why it spread to them. Okay. But the fact that they were mothers, I guess. And it was really weird because you could tell they were turning into the Kutsesake Ona because they would start coughing. Oh, uh, they would start, all right. They would start coughing and then all of a sudden they would get really aggressive and violent and start attacking their children. And then she would, they would turn into the character Kutsesake Ona. Sounds more like a plague than a curse. Yeah. <laughs> when they appeared to have killed the Kutsesake Ona, whether by stabbing it or whatever, Mm-hmm. The body ended up turning back into the mother that was previously possessed, killing that mother in real life. Aww. So this happened a few times throughout the movie until the end when the son who escaped returned to the to his abandoned childhood home to face his mother once more, uh-huh. like to put a final stop to it. And it's then that you find out that she's not actually asking, am I pretty? It was actually a play on words that she was actually saying, cut me. What? Which in Japanese is watashi kire versus kirei. What the fuck? Or cut my neck, which is watashi shukire. So in the movie, the mother realized she was being abusive and realized what she did to her previous children and realized what she did to the son. Right. She actually gave him the knife and said, cut my neck because she knew that she was going to end up killing him too. Like she had like a brief moment of remorse. Right, and clarity. And said, yeah, and pretty much like, you need to slit my neck so I don't do this again. Yeah. When he originally killed her when he was a kid, he didn't slice her neck. He just stabbed her heart. Okay. So they came to the conclusion that she, like, in order to kill this spirit, you need to cut her neck. Interesting. Like, she's asking. So they did. (laughs) Okay. So he finally slit her neck. And at the end of the movie, when you think all is good and the oh, Kuchisake Ona has been killed, 
She then possesses the main female character who proceeds to attack her daughter before it cuts to the credits. Oh my god. Yeah, they didn't explain why she was still alive. Like, he slit her neck the way she asked, so. Yeah. This led to two more movies. Okay. Which I couldn't find anywhere to watch. So uh. go ahead and check those out if you're interested and you can find them. <laughs> but there's two. Carved 2 and Carved 3. Okay. There you go. <laughs> There's these other media I haven't looked into myself, but she's shown in an episode of the CW show Constantine. Oh. Where she's found in the bayou of New Orleans and asks people, am I pretty? So let's go on to uh, to uh, your supernatural being. Yep. Let's walk on over here to the Preta, which is uh, a little more of a pathetic type creature. It's it's less a being to be feared and more a being to just kind of feel sorry for. Oh. But it's it's also surprisingly very similar to the Wendigo in yeah. how it comes to exist and kind of like what it is. Mm-hmm. Preta comes from Sanskrit meaning hungry ghost and is a supernatural class of beings in Buddhist, Hindu, and Jain texts. Mm-hmm. Traditional religions in India are based on belief in rebirth, which is known as samsara. One's karma can result in what a person is reborn as. And in the Preta's case, someone who had been excessively greedy in life will be reborn as a hungry ghost. Oh, so like so, the Wendigo. Yeah, so if they, they had do like... things in excess, yeah. Yeah, if they had like massively negative karma... They Mm -hmm. would uh, end up becoming this being, and they would have an insatiable hunger for a particular substance or object. Okay. And the desired substance is often something repugnant or humiliating, like feces, human (gasps) corpses, pus, or bile. Ew. As just a few examples. Gross. They just get to crave that for the rest of their eternity until they die of being Preta. Ew. So the interesting thing I'd learned was that they're not actually supposed to be like a malevolent spirit in buddhism but they're just you know again just a thing to be kind of pitied and they'll offer them they'll often offer them food on special festival days to help them out and try Mm -hmm. to help them move on are they often portrayed as malevolent things no that's the next thing i'm about to say all right i predicted it (laughs) (laughs) uh, when it was later taken up by tibetan buddhists it became more of an unhappy or malevolent spirit Mm mm-hmm Which explains a little bit more about... So the way I found out about this creature was in a horror game called Home Sweet Home. Mm -hmm. It features like some part of... Like a very small portion of the game focuses on this very massive creature that's only got like one eye. No. And it's it's kind of emaciated and, you know, has a little teeny tiny mouth and it's just Mm -hmm. kind of gross looking. Plenty of the lore is also around the environment to sort of help the player understand what they're looking at, and eventually how to beat it. Mm-hmm. So in Home Sweet Home, the Preta that stalks you through a portion of the game had been Pichal Manapaibun, mm-hmm. the leader of a motorcycle game that had been a- impaled through his left eye in oh. an accident, which followed the brutal robbery and battery of an elderly woman. So this oh. gang had gone in and beaten this old woman to death. And was she the cause of the accident? No, but you do later discover that the woman was... Pichal's own mother. Oh. So not only was he a greedy douchebag, but, you know, he took from the one person who gave him life and provided for him throughout his life. Yeah. With no reason. Nope. Just because he's a greedy person and he needs to do the thing because he's a gang leader. Yeah. So through the lore, you find throughout the game, you learn that the way to essentially vanquish the massive monster is to present it with a dumpling and burning incense. Okay. Any kind of dumpling? 
There's only the one dumpling that you can find. It's a teeny tiny thing, but he like picks it up and eats. I mean, I guess his mouth is small, so it sort of makes sense. But <laughs> I remember I, I had watched uh, John Wolf play through it. And I remember him commenting like, what? It's, it's it, this little itty bitty thing satisfied you and now you're gone forever. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to the actual like religious being. So the Prada is actually invisible to the human eye, but some people in certain mental states can perceive the being. They never... Mm. Actually went into like what sort of mental state can see the being, but mm -hmm. it's invisible to most people. Okay. But the people who have seen it have described it as, quote, human-like, but with sunken, mummified skin, narrow limbs, enormously distended bellies, and long, thin necks. Yeah. So the physical manifestation of the Preta is said to be symbolic of their sort of like their mental situation of what they're dealing with in their afterlife. Mm-hmm. A uh, large belly for their insatiable hunger and a thin neck or even tiny pinhole mouths for their inability to ever satisfy that craving. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they don't just have the physical eternally... means to actually like eat. Yeah. They're just always hungry. <laughs> yeah. So they're just eternally hungry and thirsty. Mm. So according to the New World Encyclopedia, quote, Pretas dwell in the waste and desert places of the earth and vary in situation according to their past karma. Mm -hmm. Some of them can eat a little, but find it very difficult to find food or drink. Others find food and drink, but find it very difficult to swallow. Oh, others I don't know what's worse. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. <laughs> others find that the food they eat seems to burst into flames as they swallow it. Oh. And the last one, others, if they see something edible or drinkable and desire it, they find that the material withers or dries up before their eyes. So as a result, they are always hungry. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like every single one of them's just got progressively worse yeah. than the rat last one. It is said that the Pretas suffer from severe heat and cold, finding that the sun scorches them in summer and the moon freezes them in the winter. Mm -hmm. So it's like no matter what they do, they're just, just never miserable. comfortable. Yeah. In Tibetan Buddhism, a person can be reborn into either one of either five or six realms of rebirth. Mm-hmm. The realm just above Naraka, which is essentially the realm of hell, is the hungry okay. ghost realm or the Prada realm. Oh, so, so it's they're really essentially bad. yeah, they're like one step ahead of being in hell. Of Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of just you're eternal. just a little bit. You're a little bit better than Satan. <laughs> when I read the difference, the only difference is that the the beings in Naraka are just stuck in that spot, like that place. They can't roam. They're just in that hell. Mm. Whereas the Prada can freely roam wherever, but they just. I'm assuming they're constantly seeking that substance that they require in yeah. their afterlife. They just want that bile so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even vomit. It's bile. Like, why? Yeah. It's a very Spicy. specific situation that brings that about. So for the most part, Pretas are little more than a nuisance to humans and are more seen to be pitied. Unless their mm -hmm. longing is directed towards something vital like blood. So they can also crave your blood. Oh. Making them... I don't know, I guess sort of vampire-like in that way. Uh, how they yeah. get it. Oh, I guess cut you or wait until you cut yourself. Thus, in some Buddhist monasteries, monks will leave food, money, or flowers as offerings to Pretas before their meals. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of ease their suffering. There are also well, some that's traditions. that's nice of them. Yeah. Because if are... they were like shitty people in their normal lives, but yeah, it's like, but we want you to people do better. in their afterlife. Yeah. Like, yeah. so your next life, you'll be something be better. better. Yeah. Yeah. There are also some traditions in which Pretas try to keep others from satisfying their own desires by means of magic, illusions, or disguises. 
Mm-hmm. They can even change their faces to frighten mortals. Ooh. I don't know. Again, it's like, I'm still a dick. <laughs> but, like, why? Yeah, exactly. Like, Why do you need to scare me? Yeah, like, why don't you just satisfy yourself and then move on to your next life? Or just die? I think they have to die to move on to, to be reborn as something else, so. How do you kill them? It is never said. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I guess satisfying them is kind of mentioned later on of just so giving like, them offerings and setting them can free. Can you, like, give them a stomach bag a and stomach feed them bag. through a tube? <laughs> <laughs> just feed them a dumpling, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Must be a damn good dumpling. <laughs> Dumplings are good, though. <laughs> So the word preta uh, was translated as gaki in Japanese, meaning mm-hmm. spoiled child or brat. Oh, okay. In mid-August, the Japanese Buddhists observe a special day to remember the gaki and make special offerings called segaki, meaning mm. feeding hungry ghosts. Okay. In the hopes of releasing the hungry ghosts from their torment. They perform this tradition to stop the suffering of the gaki or to keep other spirits of the dead from falling into the realm of the gaki. Oh, so other spirits can be, like, in the afterlife can become one of these? In Japanese culture. Wow. Yeah. So you don't want your beloved family members to fall prey to the suffering that is the gagaki. Yeah, so you pray and offer gifts and stuff for them to pass peacefully then. Right. I see. This tradition also serves to give participants the opportunity to remember those who have died and symbolically sever ties with past sins, so to kind of absolve yourself of anything that might lead to you becoming one. Yeah. The segaki may be performed at any time, but is traditionally part of the Oban, a festival that was normally held every year in July or August to remember the dead. But Mm -hmm. Western influence has seen the ceremony more often held around Halloween today. Oh, so like Day of the Dead. Yeah, basically, for them. So a number of books have been published using the Preta as a sort of symbol of whatever topic they've chosen to write their actual book about, mm-hmm. from overcoming addiction to a cookbook to a book about mediums. A cookbook? Yeah, that's what I mean when I said what I was like... What does a cookbook have to do with Preta? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about satisfying the hungry ghost All right. by cooking delicious meals. But don't cook too much of it. Yeah. Well, don't consume too much of it. You yeah. can give it to all them all you want. <laughs> but the only story involving an actual Preta and the lore behind it was as that small portion of the game Home Sweet Home. I haven't really seen it in too much media. Yeah. <laughs> it's She's just not, sad. Uh, not she. He, she. He, she. <laughs> it, it, they. It, they. All they, pronouns. They. It's just hanging out. Yeah. It's just. You can see. It's, it's just, just chilling and wishing that some of you would toss some of your popcorn and cookies at it, but. Don't encourage it. Don't feed it. You might bring more, and we don't want more of them. All right. So if you enjoyed your tour today, please leave us a review on wherever you booked your tour. Reviews will help us grow and reach more listeners so we can provide Mm -hmm. more of you with more tours. Yep. Also remember to visit our website at notevillepodcast.com, where you'll have access to all of our show notes and anything we referenced in today's tour. So the beautiful pictures that we've been staring at as we share this the, information with you. The lovely Kuchisake Ona and the Preta. <laughs> yeah. And her gorgeous <laughs> smile. Her beautiful smile. <laughs> A to-die-for smile. <laughs> and you'll be able to find and follow us on all our social media, which is Nopeville Cast on Twitter and Nopeville Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. If you want to be part of our campfire stories, which are stories submitted by you for us to read, either fiction or nonfiction, you can submit them through the Contact Us form on our website. Mm-hmm. And just make sure you select Campfire Stories as the topic. A little drop-down box. Yep. 
Or you can send an email to us at notevillepodcast at gmail.com and be sure to write campfire stories in your subject line so we know what you're emailing us about and we can go Mm -hmm. in blind and you can get a genuine reaction. Also, if you have any suggestions of anything you want us to cover, there's also a suggestions portion in the contact us or again, you can email us. And then no tour is complete without stopping by the gift shop before you leave. We've added a bunch of new designs and products. There's a lot of new merch in there. Some really fun stuff. There's oh, yeah. a fanny pack. And a mason jar glass. Yeah. And a pillow. And a pillow. <laughs> 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 uh, two Great Jen was very excited to go through it the other day. Yep. I love the pillow. <laughs> so you'll just go ahead and click on the gift shop link on our website and be sure to pick up a souvenir for yourself and a loved one. Yep. And then last but not least, gratuity isn't required, but it sure is appreciated. Yep. If you just visit our Patreon to see how you can support us and you'll get some awesome rewards in return. Very cool rewards. Yep. And we will see you all next week. Thanks. Bye. Excellent. I see most of you returned and relatively unscathed. Bravo. I hope you enjoyed your visit to Noteville and look forward to seeing you again next time. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.